it's 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. To give up our own oil and gas and buy the energy that we need from countries that hate us. So those countries that hate us will have more money to buy weapons to try to kill us. Coast to coast and around the world from the America Out Loud Talk Radio Studios. Now, I, I realize you can't fix stupid, but you can vote it out. It's time for Truth Be Told with Booker Scott. I really didn't know where to start this hour. So let me just start by saying thank you for joining the conversation here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And we have finally made it to the weekend. Thank goodness. It seems like the weeks are just flying by right now. And I don't know where to start tonight because there seems to be so much news happening. From American politics to the world's wars... It's like someone turned on a fire hose and opened it wide with information coming this week. I'll try to bring you some perspective in this hour on a few of those stories. I'm Booker Scott, and this hour is brought to you by GoldCo. If you're considering diversifying your savings, consider BookerLikesGold.com. It's free to find out if it's for you. It may not be, but just go to BookerLikesGold.com to find out. Joining me in a few minutes will be Chris Widener. He's becoming a fixture here on Fridays on The Truth Be Told. He is a partner with Dinesh D'Souza in RedReferralNetwork.com, but he also ran for Senate in Washington, and he's been around the political game in America for a very long time, for decades. Also, pedophile hunter Alex Rosen is going to join me to talk about the demand side of a huge human trafficking problem in this country. It's 50 to $100 billion annually spent on human trafficking, on prostitutes. And once you get into that lifestyle, it's hard to get out of it. But there's also the demand side. There are customers, and that's what we're going to get into with Alex. You'll remember Alex. He, he was the one that was taken out of that Hillary Clinton rally uh, a couple of months ago, you remember that? He, he brought up Epstein Island to her while she was speaking, and he got thrown down and drug out. That is Alex Rosen. He's on the way here in just a few minutes. I, I guess I'll start this hour with Fannie Willis yesterday on Thursday. She's the Fulton County DA that ran her campaign on charging or getting Donald Trump. Of course, she's charged Donald Trump and 18 others. Now it's down to 14 others that are standing with him in a RICO case in Fulton County, Georgia. And that all happened over that phone call that Donald Trump made with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to find 11,000 more votes in the 2020 election. But getting Trump isn't all her campaign was about when she was trying to get into office. If elected, Fannie or Fonnie, whatever you want to call her, what else will she bring to the office? Can we expect honor and dignity from the new Fulton County District Attorney if you win? Here's Fonnie Fannie Willis. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Because we deserve better. And is that what the Fulton County voters got? That was Fannie Willis talking there in her campaign in an interview on local television in Atlanta. So the two things that she says that the people of Fulton County won't get is exactly what they ended up with because they voted for Fannie Willis. 
you probably know most of the story by now, but uh, Willis hires Nathan Wade as a special prosecutor to go after Trump in the largest RICO case in Georgia history. And Wade must have an incredible resume, right? How else would he get that job? By the way, Fannie Willis is paying him $700,000 to be this prosecutor in this RICO case against Donald Trump, paying him $700,000. So you would think that his resume is impeccable, but would you believe that he has never, ever prosecuted a felony case? Not one time has he ever prosecuted a felony case. So what Fannie Willis did was hire him, her boyfriend, as we now know, uh, to go after Donald Trump on her behalf. And they did a whole lot more than that. I guess the big part of the story is when the two became involved, exactly when was that? And then even bigger than that is uh, how Willis will ultimately be held accountable for taking federal money and giving it to Wade, who paid for the two to take cruises and dinners and all types of things. An employee of Fannie Willis testified in this hearing the judge had called for Thursday. And when it comes to how long this relationship has been going on, here's what she had to say about it. You know that their relationship, their personal relationship, began shortly after this municipal court conference. Yes. And when I say personal, romantic. Yes. Is that is I just want to make sure we don't get in an argument over what personal and romantic is later. When I ask you personal, do you take that to mean romantic? Yes. And the employee testifying there claims to be Fannie Willis's or Fannie Willis's best friend, not just an employee. It was very important that the defense attorney there pointed out that meeting because that put the date about two years before Fannie Willis ever hired Nathan Wade. Well, Nathan Wade, after being involved with Willis for a couple of years, decided to divorce his wife, and it appears he lied on his interrogatories and then later corrected them. If you've ever been through a divorce, you know that the interrogatories are not a whole lot of fun. That's where you have to answer all types of questions that an attorney will send you. And if I remember right, it was Wade's wife that released all of the bank and credit card statements that proved Wade had bought the cruises and dinners. She was big mad. She was a woman scorned. And you know, if it wasn't for her, we may have never known about all of this. You did not have such a period of separation, which included up to May the 30th of 2023. Isn't that correct, sir? The, the, my answer to this interrogatory is none. It's none. So you're saying that you did not have sexual relationships with anyone uh, outside of your marriage, and the period of separation is during the period that you're answering the question to this interrogatory, correct, sir? I'm saying during the course of my marriage, I did not have sexual relations to anyone, and this answers no. Well, again, Your Honor, I need to, you can proceed, Mr. I need to, we need a yes or no. <clears throat> Let's just get down to it. Did you or did you not, by May the 30th, <clears throat> 2023, have had sexual relations with Miss Willis, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. So that's pretty important to the story there, that he admits that they did have a sexual relationship before he was ever hired by Fonnie Willis. Now let's find out what Nathan Wade says they spent money on and how the money changed hands. Here he is again being questioned by the defense attorney. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't She didn't give me any checks. So she paid you cash for her share of all these vacations? Mr. Schaefer, you'll step out if you do that again. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so all of the vacations that she took, she paid you cash for? Yes, ma'am. And you purchased all of these vacations on your business credit card, correct? Yes, ma'am. So isn't that interesting? Fannie Willis paid cash to Nathan Wade for her share of the trips. Where do you think she got that cash? It was a lot of money. Would there happen to be a slush fund there? Is any of this money tied to federal grants? It's going to be interesting for Fannie Willis. But I always have cash at the house. That has been, I don't know, all my life. If you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have $200 in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. Wait, what, what was that? You better have $200 cash in your wallet, in your purse, on a date with a man? Because if he acts up, who are you dating? What is this Nathan Wade all about here? Uh, let's go on. More of Fannie Willis. I keep cash in my house, and I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, I don't go on many dates, but when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? If it didn't cash come out of the bank? Cash is... Uh, Fungible. We've had cash for years in my house. So for me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When it's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today as I would normally have, but I'm building back up now. So you just put money in. It's a very good practice. I would... She needs to go to BookerLikesGold.com, invest some of that cash in gold and precious metals, maybe. Are you hearing this? I, I'm not buying anything that Fannie Fonnie Willis is trying to sell to this judge. Uh, we already know that she's lied, but uh, let's keep it going. Advise it to all women. So you can't identify when you came into this cash or where the cash came from? I didn't say I couldn't identify it. No, nobody gives me anything. I am sure that the source of the money is always the work, sweat, and tears of me. What you asked me for is, when did the money go in there? What I am trying to tell you is, so I got divorced in 2005 from my husband. And, and no, 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 it's important. You said, where did the money come from? And I need to tell you where the money came from. And so for many, many years, I have kept money in my house. That money in my worst days has probably only been 500 or $1,000. At my best days, I've probably had $15,000 in my house at cash. At all times, there's going to be cash in my house or wherever I'm laying my head. The money that you paid Mr. Wade, the cash, in October of 2022, you do not know where that money came from. I do know where it came from. It came from my sweat and tears. Mm -hmm. You know which job it came from. Did it come from Fulton County or did it come from a private job? It came from, I don't, I'm not a, what are you talking about? So it could have come from a, a private job because before I was DA, I was in private practice. So I earned money during that time period that's probably in there. Can you believe this? This is the Fulton County District Attorney, the one that was going to bring honor and dignity when she won the office. It's unbelievable that this woman is in charge of the largest RICO case ever in Georgia history. It, it, it is a lie. 
It we're is gonna, a lie. Mr. Sena, thank you. We're going to take five minutes. Be back in five. Here is the last one I'm going to play for you on this Fannie Willis thing, and then we're we're just going to move on from this for a little while. And I have a, a couple of more thoughts after this one. Uh, uh, talking heads on MSNBC and CNN, they were forced to say something. You want to hear what they said? Here it is. This is from MSNBC. It's a horrible, horrible look. Yeah, this this has been a bombshell, and it was a slow, a sort of a slow burn. But um, if you if you parse the language, huge, huge issues here. And I want to be really clear: this is not about a relationship between two consenting adults. This has nothing to do with that. It's about lying to the court. It's about potential financial gain on the part of Fannie Willis, and not not even so much that that's the second that takes the back seat here. The issue is that. Her credibility is shot. Um, just as Anthony was saying, if she lied to the court, she submitted something to the court that she knew was false and inaccurate. What else was she lying about? It's a horrible, horrible look for her. I think this case is dead in the water. So I thought that was a really interesting take from a talking head on MSNBC. She said that the case is dead in the water now. I don't agree with the case being dead in the water, but I do believe Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade are both dead in the water at this point. And we'll have to see if there are any criminal cases coming out of this for both of them, but but especially Fannie Willis and what it means for her future in Fulton County with all her honor and dignity. But it was interesting. I think what's going to happen is this case is going to get really slowed down. By the way, Judge Scott McAfee, who has been handling this case, I think he's done a great job. I've watched him quite a bit. I've been impressed with him. I, I think this case is in good hands with him. So eventually, this case will probably get to court. I don't believe it's going to happen before November, which is very important. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to keep an eye on what happens in Fulton County in this Donald Trump case. I did a little bit of a segment uh, last night on the show about this Five Eyes and the CIA story that Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger came up with, and they have credible sources behind this, and evidently there is a binder that exists. Some say they have even thrown this out, that it was Donald Trump that had the binder, and that's why the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. I don't know. Uh, you know, that's what they are saying. But I found the story interesting, and it's a huge story, and it's not going away. Uh, Michael Schellenberger put more out about it today, and uh, the headline from the public, which is Matt Taibbi's publication, it says, the U.S. government is hiding documents that incriminate intelligence community for illegally spying and election interference, say sources. Former CIA director Gina Haspel blocked the release of Binder, they put that in quotes, with evidence that may identify her role in the Trump-Russian collusion hoax. So that's what they're putting out. Here's a, a post from Michael Schellenberger. A missing binder of top secret intelligence about Russia threatens national security, says CNN. But it doesn't. And now credible sources say the U.S. government is hiding the binder because it incriminates the intelligence community for illegal spying and election interference. The U.S. government is hiding documents that incriminate intelligence community for illegal spying, and former CIA director Gina Haspel blocked the release of that binder. Again, that's more on that story, a big, big story, that the CIA was the actual origin 
of the Russian collusion hoax at the very beginning. They had 26 Trump associates spied on, and then they gave that information to the FBI, and it went off from there. And, of course, we know that there was no Russian collusion. That story is not going away for a while. Uh, No, it's an important point that we— Damn right it is. I mean, when when, when you get it wrong by tens of hundreds of billions of dollars over the long haul, I mean, how are we supposed to trust the numbers that you give us that in 10 years, the decisions that we're making are, are going to be accurate. I, f- forget whether or not the policy is right or wrong, or, you know, if you believe in one, one thing or another, whether it's green energy or healthcare, wh- whatever, wherever you believe that, how are we going, how should we and the American people trust that when you give us a 10 year number, it's going to be anywhere close given the abysmal track record of CBO over the last decade? Um, I can tell you, I am very confident that the fiscal trajectory is unsustainable. And so if they're, you know, un- under current law and that, um, you know, and so that's, that's one of the key messages of our budget projection. That is the voice of CBO director, Philip Swaggle. He is Dr. Swaggle. And CBO is the Congressional Budget Office. If you don't know what that is, that is the place where they try to figure out how your money is going to be spent, what it's going to look like in 10 years from now. As lawmakers in Washington, D.C. put together these huge budgets and all of these bills, the CBO takes it, they look at it, and says, this is what's going to happen financially. They don't have a great track record. They've been wrong a lot, and they've been big wrong. And so that's kind of the question that you heard right there. I watched this on C-SPAN the other night. This hearing took place this week. And I learned a lot. It's very, very interesting. And I also found out that we are headed for financial mess if things don't change. Dr. Swaggle there mentioned that we either have to raise taxes or we're going to have to cut spending. And obviously, if you're on the conservative side of things, you always want uh, to cut spending. You know, we don't, we don't have a money problem in Washington, D.C. We have a spending problem. And that has been going on for a while. We're $34 trillion in debt. We spend about $2 trillion more than we take in every year. It's a recipe for disaster. This hearing was really, really good. And I do want to say this because I I poke at Congress a lot in hearings and the things that they do and the things that they don't accomplish. But these guys in this hearing and and ladies uh, that were a part of this, the congressmen and women, They really did a great job. Both sides of the aisle did. And Dr. Swaggle there also did a great job in bringing the information. So I thought it was really good. Here's the last one I want to play for you out of this hearing. This is Representative Michael Burgess, Dr. Michael Burgess. He's from the state of Texas. To the point that interest on the national debt for the first time in history will eclipse spending on national defense. I think it's a very important point that people should not overlook. I mean, this was... This was an intentional act that caused this. The other thing that I feel obligated to point out is that the people who were supposed to be watching this sort of stuff, that is the president of the the Fed, that is the secretary of the Treasury, absolutely missed inflation when it was occurring by almost a year. And had they reacted sooner, 
with some interest rate increases, it would not have been necessary to drive the interest rates up through the roof the way they did. And subsequently, now we're left with the uh, with the situation that we're in. Let me repeat for you what he just said. For the first time ever in American history, we will spend more money on interest on the debt in this country than we will on defense. That's where we are in 2024. Did you hear that? That is the truth. I saw that information and it blew me away that we are spending more money just on interest on the debt on $34 trillion than we actually do to protect us. That's where we are. If you listen to my show a lot, and hopefully you do, thank you so much for listening. You know how I feel about our government and our financial system. It's no secret I'm a big believer in diversifying your money with precious metals like gold and silver. And that's why I partnered with Gold Co. You can go to BookerLikesGold.com because when it comes to buying precious metals, you need the right company in your corner. That's why I've partnered with the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Because reputation matters. Gold Co. is a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, and they've helped people like you and me place over $2 billion in gold and silver. And right now, they're offering my supporters and listeners up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account. This is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control, corrupt government. Don't pass it up. Grab your phone or your keyboard or whatever you need to get the job done. And take action today. Do it right now. Visit BookerLikesGold.com. Well, I mentioned the five eyes in the CIA. We'll get into that a little bit with Chris Widener here in just a minute. We'll also talk about the impeachment of May Orcus. Don't forget Alex Rosen, the pedophile hunter. He's on the way too. More truth in minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. (laughs) 
Welcome back here to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We appreciate you being here as always. I am Booker Scott, and becoming a regular fixture here on the Friday Night Show is Chris Widener, who is a partner with Dinesh D'Souza in the Red Referral Network. You can go check that out at redreferralnetwork.com. We'll get this conversation started in just a minute, but before we do, don't forget to go to americaoutloud.news. Go to the shop there. Use the promo code OUTLOUD for some great products and get up to 25% off. Now, let's welcome to the Friday night conversation, Chris Widener. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Booker. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad you're here and becoming a fixture. And I, I want to get into a conversation with you about a couple of things, and then we can also go wherever you want to go. Some things may be on your mind. But I want to talk about the impeachment of Mayorkas. And then also, I want to get into this Five Eyes CIA thing. So let's start with impeachment of Mayorkas. It finally happens in the House over some dramatic votes. But it finally happened, and it was a narrow margin. And now we start the process. What are your thoughts on the process? Well, it's interesting. People have these debates, right? Because the the natural assumption is that the Senate is not going to convict him, which I'm sure they probably aren't. However, my theory, and I would imagine it's probably your theory as well, Booker, is that you, you do the right thing whether or not somebody else will do the right thing. And I think it's patently obvious that this man is purposely trying to break the law and allow these folks to come in and overwhelm our society. And so I think the House had to do it. I think the the Senate is probably going to not convict him. But again, it's the right thing to do. And then secondly, a Senate trial will allow us to present the information to the American people. And I think whether they convict him or not, just the ability to get that information out there is a positive thing. That's an interesting point and one that, that I understand and can see. And when I look back at Mayorkas, and I've said this for a long time, he should have been impeached a year ago. But at the same time, you bring up the point that you do things the right way. And I think that the House Judiciary Committee has really tried to go about it methodically to get the information. And and of course, Mayorkas lied under oath about a year ago. And that's when I started saying he should be impeached. But we're finally here. And you bring up some good points about it going to the Senate because the process now is, and I just saw that uh, Representative Clay Higgins is going to be the manager for the House when they present the evidence. Because what happened next is it goes to the Senate where there will be the hearing that Chris was just talking about. And the evidence is going to be presented by the House of Representatives, the Republicans. So they work as the prosecution team in front of the Senate who will be hearing as if they are the jury. And then, of course, Mayorkas will have a defense team to defend what he has done. And that's the process. And there could be a lot of good information that come out if enough eyes are on it. Do you think enough people in America are going to be interested or the Democrats having played this as political theater? Is that going to be successful and not opening more eyes? Well, I think as a guy who wrote a book and given a thousand speeches on that book called The Art of Influence, uh, I always view it through sort of looking at who is influenceable or who is uh, persuadable. There is 40 percent of our population that we are never going to convince. We could literally show them a recording of Mayarka saying, yes, I'm breaking the law on purpose so I can destroy America. Well, you see that in the polls. We see that in the polls, don't we? Yeah, Uh, because uh, Biden's approval rating is at 37 percent. Who are those people? Right. 
Right, exactly. My wife always says that. She's like, who are those people? <laughs> but And there's 40% of people on our side, which probably very similar, right? We're yeah. never going to admit or, Correct. you know, but that means 20%. Most people in who are really, you know, neck deep in politics, we don't, we have to remind ourselves that all elections are determined by that squishy middle 20%. That's correct. And they are persuadable. They they have no real core values. Because uh, if you had a core value, you would be already in one party or the other or one worldview or the other. And they kind of mit- they kind of go back and forth a little bit. So those are the people that we need to get the information out to. And I think simply the fact that it's being said in front of the American people allows us to, to do that. I mean, frankly... The Democrats knew that Trump was never going to get convicted in the Senate, but it allowed them to create this narrative and play this thing out on a public stage. And that got them what they wanted. They wanted the pictures. They wanted the audio. They wanted the video to be able to say, look at this horrible, rotten person who was impeached. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And, uh, you know, I said that I wanted Mayorkas to be impeached a year ago. Do you think politically that now is a better time to have this information getting in front of that 20 percent or would it have been better a year ago? Well, I think it's certainly a little more timely. But here's one of the things that I've been saying to people for a year or so who are saying we need to impeach Biden now. We need to impeach Mayorkas now. And what I've suggested is, is we need to take our time on this to make sure it is perfect. Because if it's not perfect, then we don't have any chance whatsoever. I mean, look at what the Democrats did. They they literally did it after one phone call. I think yeah. from the phone call, from the phone call to the impeachment was what, like eight days? Or right. I mean, they went right at it. We need to, because the press because the press is going to always run cover for the Democrats, we need to have every T crossed, every I dotted. We need to make sure that it is it is airtight. And that's why I've given the House a little bit of grace in regard to that. Um, I, I think we all we've already come to the conclusion that they're guilty, which is why we're saying we need, you know, we need to impeach. Right. But I'm I'm actually kind of happy that they've taken their time so they can make sure that they are perfect when they finally bring it. And that's good perspective. We haven't spoken since uh, Joe Biden's press conference uh, last week and the Robert Herr investigation and report that came out. No indictments there, which points to the two-tiered justice system that we always talk to, which can kind of segue into the next subject. But before we go there, let me ask you, why isn't he in, in charge? Why hasn't he been in, been charged? And number two, if he isn't going to be charged, where's the 25th Amendment? If he is, if he's, if he's not capable of standing trial, he certainly isn't capable of being president of the United States. Well, one would argue he's not currently the president of the United sure, States. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm in that, that box. That that he that he is not really. I mean, he technically is the president of the United Correct. States. I don't think he's calling any of those shots, and and I think it's patently obvious to anybody. I frankly feel more compassion on the guy than anything else because he he really is like many of our grandfathers and uncles and and dads who've passed into that realm where their brain isn't all there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have pity on him for all the, you know, the, the stuff that he's done for 40 years. But when you look at him, he's it's just obvious that he is really suffering from some sort of advanced dementia. Yeah. We have a friend of ours who's young 60s who is uh, he, he's suffering from some uh, the same kind of dementia that um, 
uh, Bruce Willis is experiencing. And we watch Joe Biden and we we my wife and I look at each other and go, he seems just like name of our friend. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the, the the sort of gate, the 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 blindly staring off into nowhere, the stuttering, the inability to say words. And frankly, we thought he had problems, you know, three years ago. Absolutely. But you look at the video from him three years ago. He's infinitely more articulate uh, articulate than he is now. And so I think that they gave him an out and they're probably right. They probably wouldn't have convicted him if they would have done it. But I think they gave him an out and they they had to come up with an excuse for what the out was. And it was basically he has dementia. (laughs) I mean, they didn't say that, but that's basically what it was. And then you're right. If he has dementia. How could he still be president? Right. So again, it's it's all a coup in the in the making. They're all trying to keep whoever's making the decisions making the decisions. Well, you speak of coup, and that brings us right into the next subject, which is the Five Eyes and the CIA, and what was revealed this week by uh, Matt Taby and Mike Schellenberger. And I, I don't know if Barry Weiss was involved with that, uh, but I did a show on this uh, Thursday night, at least a segment. And this is really scary stuff with what they are alleging with a binder that is missing somewhere. And again, this is from uh, credible sources inside the CIA that are giving this information to them. So now you have uh, the CIA that started the Russian collusion hoax to begin with by getting 26 associates of Donald Trump to be spied on by our allies of English speaking agencies around the world. That's what's being alleged here, and uh, this is – it's hard to imagine anything like this ever happening before in American history. And if it has, we probably didn't know about it for 60 or 70 years, and here we are finding out about this in three or four years. You know, I think we really have to go back. And you remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger got caught with all this stuff and he came out mm-hmm. and he wouldn't admit it. And yeah. He said, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, that was his, that was his <laughs> sort of thing. He was basically saying, yeah, I didn't do exactly that. But yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that the truth is, is we have to go back and we have to look at two people, Barack Obama and John Brennan. Yes, John Brennan. Uh, Brennan literally used to be a communist. Yes. How in the world, how in the world do you ever get to be the director of the CIA with an official membership in the communist party in your past is shocking to me, but apparently not shocking to America. Then you combine that with Barack Obama's communistic uh, sensitivities and sympathies. You look at that and you just go, these two guys were in on it together. These two guys want to overthrow America as we know it. And, uh, and, and, And they have plotted it. They've executed it. And frankly, now we know it's 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 obvious again, but we still have people in the journalistic trade or what used to be the journalistic trade who also are communist sympathizers and um, and socialist sympathizers. And and so they're going to continue to run cover. This is I, I feel like we've come down to two options. The first option, which I do not believe is an option, and I'm not suggesting that, and that is armed revolution. Mm-hmm. I am in no way, shape, or form suggesting armed yeah. revolution. So let's just get that. But that is, when you look at it, 
they are trying to drive people to the point where they feel like there is no other option. The option really is this, and the option is vote in constitutional conservatives. Vote in people who will, once they are elected, they do the right thing. They clean houses. What I love about Vivex suggested 75% of all these agencies, gone. Go in, clean house in the CIA, the FBI. If there's been illegalities, try them, punish them, prosecute them, imprison them, whatever the punishment is for whatever they did. Make sure we take our country back. And that is the right option. We can, we still have our republic. We can still vote people out. And we need to vote the right people in who will turn this ship around. You brought up revolution and some people say civil war. And I've always been against that. I don't see strategically how that works geographically or any other way politically. Yet, at the same time, there's a part of me that wonders, is that part of their plan also? If they back enough people into the uh, into the corner that they feel the only way to come out is what you mentioned, which was would be revolutionary or a civil war, have they not then created the MAGA extremist that they talk about all the time? Uh, is, is that another trap? I definitely think that, I mean, look, I wouldn't put anything past these folks. They, they're playing chess. They have been for 50 years since the early 70s. You know, that's why you, ha- you have books like uh, Slouching Towards Gomorrah by Robert Bork in the late 90s saying that it had already been going on for 30 years. Now it's been another 25 years. Nothing would surprise me. And I look at what's going on in Texas, this standoff over the border. And somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they talked about how uh, habeas corpus can be suspended under an act of rebellion. Well, rebellion is a very interesting word that can have lots of definitions. It's, you know, it's kind of like beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Uh, Rebellion is in the eye of those who define it. And so I look at some of these things that are happening and, and I'm wondering if the feds are not trying to stir up a situation at which point it boils a little too hot and they say, well, we got to suspend habeas corpus. We have to suspend elections. Yeah. You know, we're in. Re- we got one of our biggest states is in rebellion. We got to squash the rebellion. There's all sorts of things. And frankly, the the shenanigans um, and the and the covering of it by the press, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, look at this whole thing. It's been the videos going all over. I'm sure you've seen it today. The old interview with Leslie Stahl, mm-hmm. where Trump said they were spying on me. She's so flipping condescending no that no there isn't oh no come on basically you stupid idiot come on i've been tweeting at her today saying are you now going to apologize they never do they They, they never do do they I, i i did a little bit on the first segment of this hour on the congressional budget office director testifying in a hearing that took place on wednesday of this week i watched all of it It was about two and a half hours on C-SPAN the other night, and it's really scary where we are. We are now spending more money in interest than we do for the the defense of our country. Uh, That's where the budget is now. More money is going to interest on our debt than we spend for defense of our country. And the the Social Security is another thing. And uh, we we can just see that there's only two things that can happen. We have, according to the CBO, you have to raise taxes or you have to cut costs. And it doesn't seem like cutting costs is the answer. And I found it interesting in his testimony that this illegal immigration, bringing more people in here, in their opinion, broadens the tax base. 
So even though we're spending billions and billions of dollars on this mess at the border, in some people's minds, they believe they're broadening the tax base so that they can solve the problem that they continue to create. Is, is that nuts or am I reading that wrong? Well, if you could get all of these folks to, I mean, first of all, I'm not suggesting we do it, but I'm saying if you could get all of these folks to actually register and allow taxes to be taken out and things like that. You know, my sister and her husband, my sister passed away about a year and a half ago, but her and her husband owned the largest alfalfa farm in the state of Washington. I think it's 6,000 acres or something wow. like that. And my sister used to tell me the problem is these people would come up and they would uh, they would say, we want to work, and they would give them the paperwork and they would put down a social security number they're not allowed the, the the farmers are not allowed to ask you know questions they just hand, have to hand them the paperwork then they put down a social security number they start doing their thing and two weeks later they get a notification from you know the feds that uh you know that's not the right social security they go back to the worker the workers oh i'm sorry wrong number they put you know they change a couple of numbers now they get another two weeks or a month worth yeah. of wages and then they come back and they go wrong number and at this point you know the season is over and uh and they disappear they, yeah, they, they never pay anyone yeah and they got uh, and they got their money they got paid and yes. and, uh, and your sister and brother-in-law got the work done and and that's just working the system it is and illegal. they get in trouble and they get in trouble for hiring illegals yeah well it's they, against they, the law they place the it, entire thing on the farmer with no re, you know no recourse <laughs> it's uh and that's one of those things that needs to be fixed you know, when we talk, when we look at uh, immigration, we look at illegal immigration and we look for solutions, something has to be done there. We haven't addressed it in 40 years, so I don't think we're going to fix it in a month or two and probably not the way things are politically. Uh, you've been listening to Chris Widener. Chris, RedReferralNetwork.com. It's a brand new what would you call it? A BNI? It's a business networking. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. basically yeah. For those of you who understand, you know what BNI is. There's eight thousand BNI groups all across America. Uh, it's basically fundamentally it's BNI for conservatives. It's just going to be conservatives getting together and referring people business to one another. Because as I always say, if somebody calls you a racist, homophobic, transphobic, sexist, insurrectionist, they are entitled to their opinion, but they are no longer entitled to your money. So we want to do business with conservatives and make sure that that money stays uh, with people who share our beliefs and values. Chris has partnered with Dinesh D'Souza in that effort. It's redreferralnetwork.com. Go check that out. Sign up for it. They are just now starting up to get chapters all across the country. On the way to 5,000 chapters in five years is the goal. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Booker. appreciate you. Have a great weekend. You too. More Truth in Minutes on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Now, George Washington once encouraged us to animate and encourage each other and show the whole world that a free man contending for liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. That's exactly what we do, as you'll see when you visit AmericaOutloud.news. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all.
Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Tonight at 7, it's Unleashed, the political news hour. That's followed at 8 o'clock by the National Security Hour. And then at 9, it's After Dark with Rob and Andrew. I'm Booker Scott, and this is The Truth Be Told. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Friday night. We're going to get into a different subject now. I have seen numbers from 50 to $100 billion. That is the annual spend in America in human trafficking. And when I have had some shows with human trafficking, I had Sarah Lachance. She started StopTheMovement.org. And that organization deals with trying to rescue these ladies and sometimes young men that have been trapped into the lifestyle of prostitution. Well, that is the supply side. What we're going to do now is talk about the demand side, the pedophiles. Alex Rosen is a guy that they call the pedophile hunter. In fact, you can follow him on social media at the pedophile hunter. And you may remember a couple of months ago, Alex Rosen was at an event with Hillary Clinton. She was speaking and he started yelling out in the crowd that uh, how many times did Bill Clinton go to Epstein Island? Why did he go to Epstein Island? And then he got thrown on the ground and drug out of the back of that uh, auditorium. I don't know if you saw that. If not, it was pretty entertaining. That's what Alex does all over the country. And he's got a very unique way of doing it. I'm going to play a video for you. I'm going to play this audio right now. This is what Alex does on his way to arresting people all over the country. How old are you? You say, I'm 28. Are you 28 or 30? 30. Okay. And you said you're really 14. And she said, oh, nice. Boys my age are boring and immature. I like older. I turned 14 in August. Is that okay? Oh, goodness. Because I think you look gorgeous in a short dress. And plus, depending on the wind blowing, I might get a good view, LOL. So does, it, does that mean, like, you know, hypothetically, if the wind was blowing, you might see your butt or something like that? Mm, yeah, you could say it like that, I guess. You said, here, I would like to see your cute butt if you wear a short dress. No. <laughs> well, I mean, this was sad. Mm, you. Um, yes, yeah, so what's it do? What are you up to? Watching the NBA, what about you? What's your favorite NBA team? Uh, Miami's, uh, Miami, the Miami Heat and Golden State Warriors. And as you heard there, Alex Rosen, the Predator Poacher, He has a unique ability to befriend some of these predators, and I think it's unique, and it really caught my attention, so I wanted to bring Alex Rosen to you. This is such a big problem in this country, maybe up to $30, $50 billion a year annually. That's nuts that that these people are spending that kind of money in this business. We have to put a stop to it, and one of those people out in the street doing it is Alex Rosen. Alex, welcome to the program. How's it going? Good. You know, I one thing that I just mentioned, it. the thing that, that strikes me about you is you have this ability to befriend these people that are predators. What What is that like? How, how does that, that process work for you? Well, um, my goal is to be as mean as possible to them, and if I'm going to post a video of these predators or 
whatever. The, the, the meanest I could possibly be to them is sending them off to prison mm-hmm. or at least helping with that process, you know, short of me getting in trouble, like beating them up or something. So when I befriend them, it's actually so they bury themselves more. And, you know, I, I can put my emotions to the side to let them incriminate themselves because if it's just 10 minutes of me yelling at them, berating them, calling them sick, a lot of them can just get off and, you know, nothing would happen to them yeah. past that 10 minutes. So the reason I befriend them and the reason um, I'm okay with doing that is so they end up getting penalized way, way more severely than they otherwise would. And I don't take it that way at all when I watch it, that you're befriending them for a specific reason, and that is to get them to trust you. And as they trust you, then you're finding out more information and you're getting uh, pictures that you're finding out the information that they have pictures on their phone and, and all these other things that you find out from them. And so I think the your technique is beautiful. I think it, it works fantastic. Let's talk about the process. How do you start to find these predators? Are you setting up stings all over the country? Are you going to cities? How does that work? Yeah, so basically the apps that we use are not location-based. So we can get somebody hitting us up from like India or something. Obviously, we're not going to go go to India to get them. But, you know, we can get somebody hitting up from like India or anywhere really. So the majority that do hit us up are from the USA and, you know, we just don't tell them where we're actually from. And we just pose like we're around their area. And a lot of them seem to believe it and end up arranging a sexual meeting and, or signal to us that they have some illegal stuff on their phone. And we go confront them in person uh, with a camera. So all of their incriminating statements are recorded and we turn over that evidence to law enforcement. It seems to work out pretty well. And it seems that the police show up while you're there. So is someone else with you making that phone call to the police? Yes, we do have a third person who does make the phone calls to the police. Like once once we have an admission out of them, that's when we go ahead and call the police. And depending on what the admission is, like we wait to call to get some more admissions or whatever. And the reason why, you know, we wait for them to incriminate themselves is so the cops have probable cause to go ahead, take their devices and put them in cuffs. For someone that's listening to this program right now, maybe it's a mom or a grandmother, help them out. Where where are these predators going to find their kids or their grandkids? What what apps are they going to? What platforms? Where are they online? Where are they creeping? A lot of them are on Instagram, Snapchat. I mean, all the apps that you hear about, the predators are going to be lurking on. I mean, there's some other apps, too, where it's basically all pedophiles, which, you know, I, I don't think a lot of kids use, actually. Like, there's Me24, Meet Me Scout, which, you know, I've never actually, I think on those apps, I've only run across, like, one other minor on there in, like, four years. Like, those apps are just very sick adults, typically. But, you know, the main ones, like Instagram, Snapchat, um, even Twitter, like, they're crawling with it. I mean, there's not an app that you're not going to run into a predator on. And how do you guys cast the net to grab them? Well, we just uh, put out an account out there just saying that we're younger and they come to us. I mean, a lot of these predators we catch are looking for children, so it's not hard for them to find us. When did you start this, Alex? Started this in 2019. Um, Just decided, I mean, I was watching these videos online and I've always wanted to be a police officer. So I couldn't do that at 19 in Houston where I'm from. So these videos, you know, I've always wanted to catch the bad guys because I was a little kid. So this would look interesting to me because, you know, I was like, are there really this many pedophiles Mm -hmm. out there? Because I didn't know any growing up, which is a good thing. 
but you know, within 30 minutes, somebody wanted to go meet our 15 year old decoy. Like the first night yeah. I did this. And over the years since 2019, how many people have you caught? How many people have been arrested because of the work that you have done? You know, one thing I bring up on this program quite a bit is that one person can make a difference. One person with an idea can make a difference in the world, in the country, in your community. And you're a perfect example of that. You had an idea, let's do this, and you went and did it. And so over the last three or four years, how many lives have you affected, uh, do you think, and, and how many people have you caught? Well, how many lives have we affected? Um, at least one, you know, <laughs> and that, and then and that, and that like makes us keep doing it. Yeah. And obviously I know it's countless, but I know it's at least one. And I can name an example. Just recently, we caught sure. a couple and you can watch this predator poachers on rumble P R E D A T O R space P O A C H E R S on rumble.com. It's completely free to go watch and sub and all that stuff. But we caught a couple, um, as in a man and a woman, uh, trying to meet a child and bring her back home for sex. And they were, from what they said in the video, it seemed like they were actively abusing their kids, um, these two toddlers they had. And yeah, because of our little sting, uh, because of the fake 11-year-old we posed as, now those two kids are not with their pedophile parents anymore. Did you find that to be true, that they were abusive to their children? So that investigation is still going on from the police from the police standpoint, however, in the video, they made some pretty, they made some pretty sick illusions or like they kind of alluded to it, um, you know, because obviously they don't tell the full truth about anything. But what they did say, it was very, very strange how they talked about their two year old, their two year old daughter being curious and touching the dad's penis. Mm. And that's what motivates you to do what you do. And and you, there you go. You you got involved and you made a difference in those child's lives and that's those children. That's that's fantastic, Alex. Yep. Over the last three or four years, what's the most disturbing thing you've seen? Other than that one, that was pretty disturbing. But you're you're out here. You're fighting this battle for all of us every day. What what's the most disturbing thing you've seen? Well, some of the predators have actually had some pretty weird shaped penises. I mean, if I'm good being honest here. Um, but as for their messages, the most disturbing idea we've seen communicated to us from a predator was the guy named Clayton Tanner in night well, he's 20 now, but we caught him when he was 19 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, he was already under investigation from Cheyenne PD for child porn. Like they had his and they, we we found this out when we confronted him but they had his actual phone. So he was using his mom's phone and he uploaded a bunch of child porn to his mom's phone and came to go meet who he thought was going to be an 11 year old girl and a one, her one year old sister. And he wanted, I mean, he, he brought the pocket knife. He wanted to basically cut both of them up, not kill them. He said, but just cut both of them up and lick their blood and, and do mm. other sexual things. That's awful. Yep. You know, you, you are dealing on, not the supply side, but the demand side of this terrible thing that is taken on in this society now, really all across the world, but it's it's sickening here in America. Are yeah, there are there answers, Alex? Are there answers for that? Where 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 does this come from? It, it seems like it's such a big problem. It is a big problem, and I think. People, I think a lot of people are just really effed up in some way or the other. And as for stopping it, 
Um, there's no fixing a pedophile. It's just you gotta. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like with, it's kind of like with COVID. Like there's no there's no solution to really stop COVID, but there's ways. You know, there's ways that you can just kind of li- live with it in a way. And I, and I guess with being these online child predators, I mean, I think getting your kids into sports rather than just online, like, you know, I, I think, I think raising them on a tablet, raising them on a phone, especially from a young age is a very bad decision because I think in my lifetime as a kid, I've only came across like one online predator when I was online. And, you know, that's in big part, it was because I was outside all the time playing football with my friends. Like I wasn't even thinking about the online stuff at all, man. And I think that's the biggest thing you can do because you can't just tell pedophiles to stop being pedophiles. They're always going to do that. No matter what restrictions um, a website puts on or whatever, it's not going to stop them. I mean, the restrictions are like, you know, flimsy at best. So I, I really think just getting your kids off the Internet and getting them active outside really will make a difference. And you guys go all over the country. Is that right? Uh, you, you'll you'll set something up and, and go find the predators. Yep. Oh, and I forgot to answer your question. How many arrests do we have? That yeah. I lost count of, but I, but I know we have an arrest in 43 different states. Wow. And the only arre- the only states we do not have an arrest in is uh, South Dakota, Montana, Massachusetts, and Maine. Even though Massachusetts and Maine are going to be coming soon because we caught two predators with tons of child porn and the cops have those devices. So it's only a matter of time before, you know, that those happen. Um, we don't have one in Vermont, Rhode Island, then Alaska. So those seven states, we do not have an arrest. Every other state we do have an arrest in. And in 26 of those states, we have a conviction. And again, that is Alex Rosen. He is doing great work in this country. He is so motivated to get out there and make a difference. And it is so great to have people like him in the country that are really trying to make a difference. And, you know, the whole human trafficking thing, there, there are two subjects that I deal with on this show over and over and over again. And I think I always will. For some reason, they keep coming up. And one of those is veterans. We have 70,000 veterans that will sleep under a bridge this very night. We have 22 veterans that are committing suicide every day. And for some reason, I just can't stop talking about our veterans. So I'll keep going. And another thing that really bothers me is that subject, human trafficking and pedophiles. It, it is disturbing to me. And th- that subject is always going to be something I'm going to talk about here because I'm going to bring you the truth about both of those subjects because they need to be out in front. You need to share the information, too. We really would appreciate it. You, you can go to americaoutloud.news, share all those articles, podcast, look around, and even go to the shop and check it out. Use that promo code OUTLOUD for a 25, up to, I should say, up to a 25% discount. Coming up next, it's Unleashed, the political news hour. My name is Booker Scott. You were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth. And salt without flavor, it has no value. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. So keep being salty. There is only one truth. You've been listening to The Truth Be Told with Booker Scott on America Out Loud. <laughs>